0: Hey everyone and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime where we get big mad over true crime I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's episode had a very fast change of plans once we got the call on Thursday that charges had been made in the 2017 murder of Egypt Covington. Instead of your regularly scheduled programming, this week's episode is going to give you a look inside the day of the charges and the days following from the perspective of some of Egypt's family and the community that will always love her. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. A lot of you have been following the Egypt Covington case since the day she was murdered in June of 2017, and some of you have just recently learned about it when we covered it in a four-episode miniseries in June of this year. Regardless of how long you've been following Egypt's case, you fell in love with her and her family just like I did. On Thursday, November 5th, 2020, at 9.40 in the morning, Egypt's brother Dwayne and his fiance Lindsay, got the call they'd been waiting for for 1,231 days. Lindsay was typing up a small and encouraging update to post into the Justice for Egypt, the truth behind the investigation Facebook group, when her phone rang. It was the Michigan State Police. This wasn't abnormal because the state police had been in constant contact with Lindsay and Duane since they started assisting Van Buren in June of this year and then fully took over the case in August of this year. However, the state police had prepared them that they were close, that charges were coming, and it could be any day now. So the phone calls held a little more anticipation than they once did. The tone changed from, what can we do to help, to, is this it? Lindsay described the feeling every time she'd get a call, like being pregnant and close to your due date. Every time their number would pop up, they were wondering if MSP was in labor and on their way to the hospital. And this time, that's exactly what happened. The wait was over. This was it. Lindsay answered the phone as quickly as she could, and the investigator asked, are you with Dwayne? Lindsay jumped up from the couch and said, I will be. She ran downstairs to his office and said, Dwayne, it's the investigator. It's the investigator. And she put the phone on speaker. The investigator asked the two, how long did I say until we'd be having this call? Spoiler alert, he'd said two weeks, nine days prior. He then told them, well, it looks like I delivered because we made two arrests this morning. Dwayne put his fists up to his chest with a giant grin on his face and he said he just felt giddy. Lindsay started running in place and crying and repeated over and over, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then it hit them that the investigator had said that they'd made two arrests, so they asked, wait, two? And he said, yes, we made two arrests this morning. Do you have any questions? Naturally, they wanted to know who these two people were, but the state police told them that right now they can't release the names of the two people in custody, but that they'd know soon. This isn't totally uncommon, but not exactly common either. I think this kind of points to the depth of this case, though. Even though there are two people in custody, the investigation is still very active, and it's totally possible that more people could be arrested in connection to Egypt's murder. Had it been Van Buren who told them that they couldn't know the names of the people in custody, their reaction would have been totally different. But the state police had earned their trust through transparency, proactivity, and constant communication, so it wasn't too hard to accept the fact that right now they just couldn't know. Two people were finally in custody for the murder of their sister and future sister-in-law. That could be celebrated without knowing who for now. And while this is a celebration, it just marks the next half of this battle for justice. Prior to the state police stepping in, there was this hopelessness that the community of Belleville felt, that Egypt's family felt. Nothing was happening. No justice was being served. They felt like the local police department was a brick wall rather than a road to justice. But within three months of the state police taking over, they figured this out. MSP tested untested evidence, conducted interviews, served search warrants. They did everything that should have been done in 2017. And because they did it now, this burden of injustice was finally lifted from a family plagued with unimaginable grief, anger and disappointment for more than three years. Their initial reactions were joy, pure joy. They were elated, excited, they were jumping, they were shaking, they were pacing back and forth. The day started off like any other Thursday. They had no idea it would be the day that would change everything. And while they were so excited, joy is only one of the emotions they've felt since the charges were made. It's just one of the many complex emotions they're gonna go between for the next long leg of this justice to journey. So often when we're championing for these voices that aren't being heard, these cases that aren't being given the attention they deserve, we tend to look at charges as the end goal, but they're really just the halfway point, the place in the process where there's a monumental shift. Prior to the charges, there was a place to channel the rage, the sadness, and the disappointment. But now the fight isn't in the form of protests or background checks, tips, or deep dives. The fight is in the hands of the investigators and the prosecutors, which can be a hard pill to swallow when you couldn't trust the wrong ones for so many years. There's an air of helpless anticipation that fills the cracks of every quiet moment. Now that there have been people charged in Egypt's murder, there's someone to be mad at— Unless you're in Egypt's family's shoes. Until Sunday afternoon, and we'll address that in a minute. This episode has made so many turns since I originally wrote it. Information is constantly coming in. But until Sunday afternoon, a faceless monster had stolen their daughter and their sister from them. The community had this invisible evil that they know took the life of someone they all loved, but they didn't know what they looked like. They didn't know their names. I flew from Virginia to Michigan the day the charges were pressed and was picked up from the airport by Lindsay and two amazing women who have been following Egypt's case for years and fighting alongside of her and her family for answers. The vehicle that they picked us up in was lended to them by another business owner in Belleville, AJ, who owns Urban Barbershop. He knew what was going on and that we'd need extra space and didn't even think twice about handing over his keys. This community doesn't ask questions before coming together. They just do it, and they've done that for three years. They drop everything for everyone around them, and it has been one of the most beautiful things to see. Lindsay picked me up from the airport wearing Egypt's own orange jacket, Egypt's favorite color, the color that signified every shirt, sign, and bracelet around town honoring her memory. Over Egypt's jacket, she was wearing her Halloween costume. Lindsay had dressed up as a billboard that said justice for Egypt. We jumped, we screamed, we hugged, we cried, and hopped into AJ's car and headed to Egan's pub, which is just a few miles from Egypt's house. When we got there, we were greeted by about 100 people who chanted over and over, justice served, justice served. Duane was already there when we got there, surrounded by people who loved him and who loved his sister with every fiber of their being. He stood up on the bar bench and gave a speech thanking everyone for every single one of their roles in this fight. He was emotional, he was excited, he was heartbroken, he was relieved, he was proud that they'd reached this milestone in his sister's case, and he was angry. All of these were emotions that he never really got to process until now. Now that there are suspects in custody, Dwayne was finally getting a chance to grieve the loss of his sister in a way that he was never really able to before, and it was beautiful and heartbreaking to watch. Dwayne needed this. He deserved this. He broke down several times throughout that night, but the most emotional moment happened after Egypt's voice was played singing over a speaker. Just minutes beforehand, he was smiling and elated, but the second he heard his sister singing, and I'll rise up and I'll do it a thousand times again, he collapsed onto the floor repeating over and over, she should be here. She deserves to be here. I'm sorry. I'm telling you guys this because it's raw and it's real and it's not as simple as just being excited because charges have finally been brought down. The emotions that Dwayne, Lindsay, and Tina, Egypt's mother, go through on a minute-to-minute basis can change at the drop of a hat. And I would stop crying and get my shit together before continuing this episode, but I was there to see this all happen. I was there. I saw the love in this community. I saw Dwayne break down. I saw Lindsay broke down. And it's so real, and it's something that I think everybody needs to get a glimpse of. Kenny was there at Egypt's celebration, the wrong person of interest named by Van Buren with no evidentiary backing for the last three years. And it wasn't just Kenny. It was Kenny, Kenny's girlfriend, his sister, and his sister's parents. They were all there celebrating justice finally served against the right people, even if we didn't know at that moment who those people were. There were so many groups of people at this celebration who were impacted by Egypt's life and Egypt's case who all felt real feelings. They were emotional and all anyone wanted to do was be there to support and thank Lindsay and Duane for never giving up on their friend. I'm not sure these community members realized how huge of a role they played in this investigation as well. They never gave up. It's easy to get discouraged after three years, but none of them ever walked away from fighting for justice. They didn't let the lack of police work stop them. They didn't get intimidated. They rallied. They protested. There were signs in damn near every store window we passed on the way in and out of Belleville. As someone watching everyone and talking to everyone, I realized that it seemed hard for anyone to give themselves credit for the time, emotions, and effort that they put into getting justice for Egypt. This wasn't just Lindsay and Dwayne. This was the entire community that came together. Had it not been for every single one of them, keeping her name alive, keeping her case in the news, and just caring every single day, this case would still be where it was three months ago. Lindsay and Dwayne were there to celebrate with every single one of them, but they all deserve to celebrate and be celebrated as well. We have all gotten so many messages of thanks, congratulations, and questions. Over a thousand requests have come into the Justice for Egypt, the truth behind the investigation Facebook group, just in the last few days. Lindsay and Dwayne haven't had the physical time or the emotional time to sit down and respond to everyone, but they do see every single message and they appreciate all of them. Everyone has questions and it's a little more clear now than it was before Thursday that Lindsay and Dwayne were aware of what was going on, even though they weren't at liberty to talk about it openly. And I think that new understanding has sparked a lot of questions that they genuinely just can't answer right now. They've been asked to refrain from sharing any information sensitive to the case. They've been approved to speak with the local media and one larger outlet, but just about the journey and the public updates. With that, they've been sure to respect the state police's request to not share any additional information with anyone. If I could request one thing on their behalf, it's that we all respect their space and the emotional sensitivity of this time in their lives. I encourage anyone and everyone to continue to message them with condolences and support, but I would limit it to that and not any questions about the case. Their days are hard. When everything's quiet and all they have are their own thoughts, they go through an endless roller coaster of emotions. The evenings and weekends are a little easier because their minds are busy with plans, friends, and family. But the nights are the longest. Sleep comes and goes. There's a lot of napping. Constant sleep is hard to come by. But Saturday night, both Lindsay and Dwayne both got the first good night's sleep that they've gotten since they got the news of the charges. As wonderful and as hard as the last few days have been, Lindsay and Duane and Tina could not be more grateful for the community and the Michigan State Police for all of the tireless and selfless work they've put into Egypt's case. This is the season of justice. Before we wrap this episode up, I wanted to go through what we do know. We do know that in the original Crime Watch Daily episode, Tina said Kenny didn't do it. She didn't want to speculate on who did because she didn't know. Nobody did. And that Van Buren should give the case to the state police. Had everyone listened to her in the beginning verbatim, this case could have been solved three years ago. We know that two people were arrested, and as seen on M Live on Sunday afternoon, a man named Timothy Eugene Moore was arraigned, yes, on a weekend. He was charged with first-degree murder, felony murder, first-degree home invasion, felony in possession of a firearm, and four counts of felony firearm, and he was denied bond. First-degree murder generally means that the police believe it was deliberate and premeditated. Felony murder means that a murder happened in the commission of a felony. First-degree home invasion is likely due to the fact that the home invasion would have happened while this person was in possession of the firearm that was used to kill her. The felony in possession of a firearm charge is exactly what it sounds like. Felons cannot legally own firearms. Felony firearm charges are similar to that, and it looks like he was arrested in Toledo, Ohio. The Michigan State Police have been extremely clear that there are going to be things they cannot tell the family, but all of these details will eventually come out in court. They don't want any information prematurely released because they don't want to risk tainting a jury pool. I can't imagine there won't be a motion for a change of venue, but it's always possible that it's denied. Crazier things have happened. And because of that, we all have to be extremely cautious of the information that's being shared and when it is. Tina, Lindsay, and Duane could not be more grateful for everyone who stood behind Egypt and who stood behind the fight to catch those responsible for her murder. They appreciate every single one of you more than you could ever imagine. This is an incredible and extremely emotional time for them, but they wanted you all to get a glimpse into what the last 72 hours looked like from their side of the justice system. For all photos and maps pertaining to this case, check out Egypt's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley. I'll be adding some photos and videos from this weekend and linking previous publications and recent news releases about the charges. Join Lindsay, Dwayne, and I on Instagram Live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, where you can talk with them about everything that's been going on. If you'd like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you need more episodes in your life, for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on the first Monday of every month. All your episodes are totally ad-free, and you'll receive a forever discount code for all Big Mad True Crime merch. And of course, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.